Welcome to Devotional. This is Pastor Ariel, and we are looking at lesson number two for Sunday, October 28th. So we're off to an awesome start. Um, fresh insights as to how can we get unity in, in, in the church. And yesterday, I, for me, it was fresh to think that out of a painful experience, a tragedy, God can create that as an opportunity for great unity amongst the church, great unity out of great disappointment. We're going to be looking at days of preparation, um, which highlights something about us as as humans, as church, as Christians, that um, once we catch wind of what the mission is, we can get so uh, wrapped up in doing and going that we forget about the preparation for it. And we're all familiar with Acts chapter 1 and 2 on the day of Pentecost, uh, that Jesus didn't simply say go. Um, it, we sometimes quote Matthew chapter 28, where Jesus does say go into all nations. But we, we miss the context. Though Jesus did give that as the mission, before he told the disciples to actually execute it, he told them, told them they needed to wait. And it was a total of 10 days that the disciples needed to wait. And in those 10 days, he was not just waiting, watching television or listening or watching sports. It was 10 days of um, preparation. And I like, I like how the lesson puts it intense spiritual preparation intense um and you know we say that's pentecost it's already happened i want to read to you acts chapter 4 um verses 29 through 31 acts chapter 4 verses 29 through 31 uh, before i read this so, so you understand what why i'm going here in acts chapter 1 is when jesus says wait uh, till you receive power. And in Acts chapter 2 is where the power comes when the Holy Spirit descends. And when the Holy Spirit descends, there was a great noise, great wind, and the Spirit makes itself manifest amongst the disciples, granting them this power. So now let's go to Acts chapter 4. Starting in verse 29 says, The disciples are again praying, and now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your servants may be given boldness or Grant that you speak, your servants may speak your word with great confidence. And while, they, while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. This is Pentecost 2.0. And then you read Acts chapter 9 and 10, actually, actually just Acts chapter 9 and 10, actually. And you begin to see that another Pentecost takes place with Cornelius and his family when Peter goes and preaches at their house. So this idea of Pentecost, um, though he had an, an initial a big, huge significance, you know, of what was happening in heaven, it was affirmation of what took place in heaven and the descent of the, the Holy Spirit was a testimony of that. Um, it did not happen just then, but it was an ongoing, repeated experience, but manifested when the church, when the members would gather together for intense spiritual preparation. Why would you need to have in intense spiritual preparation? Because you recognize you need intense power, power that the church does not have. The church would not have any power without the Holy Spirit. Um, when I was in seminary, one of my professors um, 
quoted a, a theologian of old named Tozer, T-O-Z-E-R, and he said this, today, in, the, in general, in the church, especially in, in the Western world, if the Holy Spirit were so, suddenly to be removed from the church, if the Holy Spirit all of a sudden decided, I'm going to pull back all my power, all my influence, I'm going to pull back from the church, um, W. Tozer says that 95% of what goes on in our church would continue to go and no one would even notice the absence of the Holy Spirit. In the early church, if the Holy Spirit withdrew his power with, after Pentecost, withdrew his influence, if the Holy Spirit withdrew itself, 95% of what the early Christian church was doing would cease to, to be. They would just be paralyzed. Now, he's not, a, not an Adventist um, Christian, but a definite Christian with, with some powerful insights that I think speaks to our condition in the church today, in America particularly. That how can it be that 95% of what the church does, we don't even wonder, we don't even recognize if the Holy Spirit is amongst us or not. How do we know that the results are, sim are merely from human efforts but not from divine efforts. And we're not going to spend time trying to figure out when is and when it is not. I think to, to go that route and invest energies in that direction is pointless, fruitless. Why don't we just invest power, our energies studying and focusing on how to make sure that everything we have been doing, are doing, and will do does have the presence of the Holy Spirit? Well, don't you think that's a much better option? I think it is. So... Uh, before we do things, you know, before we engage in a major public event, before we engage in something that is a little bit out of the ordinary, you know, events and, you know, I would even think like vacation Bible school. Just because we, we make those for children doesn't mean it's not important. Do we sense our need of prayer and intense spiritual preparation before a vacation Bible school? Those are questions that I cannot answer for you. You can only answer for yourself. Uh, what I want to present to you, uh, if you're a member of the Oakwood Church or the Monroe Church, I'm definitely speaking to you uh, as your pastor. But if you belong to any other church, I'm still speaking to you as a pastor. <laughs> um, you know, prayer vigils. Times in which the church will come together to sacrificially pray. Weeks of prayers. Um all of these special events that we've done that require, you know, investment on our part. Um, we won't really feel compelled to do them when we don't feel the sense of our need of the power of God. In other words, there are things that we can be doing as a church that can get done without any involvement of God at all and make us think that we're still doing church. Whereas when we recognize what we are should be doing when that realization hits us we will feel the sense of need of a power that we do not possess the power of the holy spirit and only that sense i believe only that sense that awareness of that the absence of that power is what causes us to feel compelled to make time for intense spiritual preparation now this is the beauty of this. I don't think any church feels this way. I don't think any Christian in general feels this way. 
about two or three Sabbaths ago, I, I, I was transparent with my churches. And I told them that I, as a pastor, was functioning, um, feeling that I needed to do this or that or whatever. And the last thing I needed was time alone, prayer and fasting for myself, my ministry and my church. And I thank God for the leadership that we have here in the Michigan Conference. I'm sure there are godly men in every conference. But I'm thankful for the godly men God has called to this conference. And at that time, it was Elder Gallimore that uh, organized this voluntary weekday of uh, prayer and fasting. And I share with my church, and if it's my church listening, I'm not going to belay this, this point longer than it needs to. But, you know, I went there not feeling my need. But I went. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it was there that I came back with a keen sense of my need. So if I don't sense my need, but I'm going to wait until I feel my need, it will never happen. The, the awareness of my emptiness, the awareness of my futility, that no matter how much I would try to preach sermons like this and do that and create this event and whatever, all of those would become clanging noises, uh, gimmicks, when compared to what could be under the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you are a church leader, if you are a member that has influence because you are an elder, a deacon or deaconess, a teacher, someone that has influence over others, um, I'm appealing to you. I'm appealing to you as a pastor that recognized that I was attempting to do ministry without the power that makes that ministry effective. And if that can happen to a pastor, could you be immune to it happening to you? How do you know that what you're doing is accompanied by the power of the Holy Spirit? And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, to try to invest a lot of time and try to ascertain and provide evidences, your heart might deceive you. We're not very good evaluators of ourselves when it comes to spiritual things. Why not simply do what will yield the assurance that I am functioning under the power and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Don't wait for a pastor to say it is time for prayer. Don't wait for a pastor to organize a week of prayer. No one needs permission by any committee or the church board or a pastor to say our church needs to pray. So I'm putting this before you. If you want our church, if you want the Oakwood Seventh-day Adventist Church, if you want the Monroe Seventh-day Adventist Church, and if you want your church, if you don't belong to these congregations, to be assured that you are working, that you are functioning under the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, your church, you, need to work to have an experience, make time for an experience of in intense spiritual preparation. The Holy Spirit was not given because God wanted to see, you know, if they would wait, where they would do these things. It's not about the doing. The reason they needed this time of preparation is because they didn't feel their need for the Holy Spirit. And once they would feel a, 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 a need commensurate of the power, then God gave it. And a lot of times God gives us what we're willing to ask. 
But God doesn't want to give us the Holy Spirit in small measures. The gospel tells us that God gives the Holy Spirit without measure. And if it's going to be without measure, then the church needs to feel our need, that our need truly is without measure. We cannot make a ding or a dent in this sinful world unless the power of the Holy Spirit is accompanying our efforts. So what are you going to do in your church? This Sabbath school lesson is appealing to us as congregations to feel empowered enough to begin small groups. Are you willing to open your house to come together and pray? You don't need an approval from a committee. You certainly don't need my approval to do something like that. Do you want to start calling people and, and saying, listen, we need to be sure that everything that we do is empowered by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I, I waited until this point to make this point. <laughs> you don't need, we don't need, we shouldn't have to wait until Vacation Bible School or Cantadas or Unlock Revelations or anything, or any five-day evangelistic or cooking schools. We shouldn't wait until we try to do the out-of-the-norm, you know, the, the things that we typically don't do the reality is is that for what we do every sabbath teaching our children seeking to reach our teens trying to retain our young adults trying to reclaim members that no longer come can we do that in our strength can we accomplish that in our power you see for everything and anything that we do in the church we cannot afford to do any of that without the assurance we are doing it under the guidance and under the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So you who are listening, what will you do to bring a spiritual revival to our church? <laughs>